And just from the first song, the first line of the first song, just so much about what God has for us today. Scripture that Brother Dave quoted in his prayers. Some of the first things that Brother Mike mentioned coming up to lead in testimonies. So many of the testimonies just all coming together with the heart of what we have for you this morning. And praise God. Appreciate everybody here just putting their hearts into doing what God wants us to do. Amen. We turn to Hebrews 11. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your touch. Thank you for the healing, God, that we have in this house and for your help. God, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name that you would just work here today. Lord, that you would just draw us closer to you. God, speak to our hearts. And, Lord, have your way in the preaching, the hearing, and the doing of your word. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Hebrews 11, let's read in verse 24. Hallelujah. Hebrews eleven twenty four. By faith. Somebody say faith. faith. Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Listen. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect under the recompense of the reward. God bless you. You can be seated. There's a lot there in those very rich verses. Before I talk about that, I want to tell you, we miss Brother Bob this morning. He's vacationing with his family. But he texted me this morning and said, I'm praying for you. And um, I appreciate that. Appreciate you and your prayers. Some that was already said this morning. I'm... I want you to be praying for me. I want God's direction. There's so many things I could say this morning. So many things that maybe I'd prefer to say. It's kind of an odd situation to be in to say, well, you know, we we know the Bible says not my will, but thy will be done. But when you've got a lot of things that, you know, kind of inspired you or excited you or interested you and you say, God, I don't. I don't want to talk about any of that. I want to say what you want to say. Yes, sir. Amen. That takes a lot of prayer to override, amen, our own will and to say, let your will be done. That's everybody's battle. And I appreciate folks that are praying for me that I could hear from God, be directed by God, not just something I pull out of the air, not just something I, I feel at the moment, but the Holy Ghost that would lead us and guide us to say, well, we need to be equipped for these last day battles. But I also want to say that I appreciate some of you and, well, I appreciate my brothers and sisters coming. And they're not, you're not just here because you feel like you gotta be in church because that's kind of a, uh, maybe a somehow requirement to be a Christian, but you're here to be fed. You're here to take this serious, to learn and to grow and to not just go through the motions, but to hear something. And I take that seriously. I know there's a lot of bad experiences that many of us have had in church. Amen. A lot of bad experiences we've had with people or with family. A lot of things that have beat you down or made you feel self-conscious because you've been criticized and condemned. Uh, 
over and over and over again, mercilessly. I understand that. And I take that serious. I, I take it serious when people say, I, I want to hear this. And if you're going to tell me I need to look at my prayer life a little closer, I'm going to do it, man. If I need to look at my walk with God a little bit closer, I'll tell you the people that I feel like it's most dangerous. I, you know, I've been doing this. I've been pastoring for around 25 years. And all the spirits and people and, yeah. and sometimes, you know, situations and circumstances and comments and questions, you learn some things about how people process things. Yeah. And the scariest position to be in is when the Spirit of God is trying to get you to look at yourself. And I've seen it, seen people that have been in church for a lot of years. And some say, oh, I'm going to look again, preacher. Lord, I feel that. You're wanting me to dig a little bit deeper. I don't know everything. i got to learn. I want to grow. I thank you for that challenge. And other people say, oh, I know I'm saved. You don't have to ask me that. And, you know, well, the Bible says examine yourself. When you put up those walls and act like, man, I don't have, uh, don't, don't you come at me. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. I want to see you in heaven. And our, the Bible says our hearts. You know the devil's a liar. Amen. amen. You know, that's easy to amen. The devil's a liar. Yes. He'll lie to you. But you know what else is a liar? Yes, sir. Your heart. Yes. That's what the Bible says. Yes, People say, oh, just follow your heart. Now, the Bible says your heart is desperately wicked. That's right. Deceitful. Yeah, that's right. We need God to help us overcome that. Amen. Follow his heart. Amen. Amen. I said the devil's a liar and sin, temptation will lie to you. Moses was tempted. Wow. It's it's amazing to me to to the the life that he was offered to be a, a in the family of Pharaoh. And to hold true to his identity in in. Jesus, in in God, he had to stay with those that were the slaves, those that were the servants, those that were being persecuted. It was, there was no reputation to be a Hebrew. It was to be hated, despised. The people that were the celebrities, the people who were the rich, the people who were the, the, the elite of that day, the Egyptians, they hated the Jews. They hated God's people. They hated shepherds. Amen. Amen. But Moses made a choice to follow God, though it seemed like to everybody in the world that he gave everything up. Moses knew he was gaining everything because he had his soul. He wasn't selling out. He knew what was truly valuable. Amen. Amen. Not the gold. But a relationship with God. Not the materialism. Not the prestige of being a part of of the royal family. A royal family that made those sitting over there in Great Britain look like paupers. Yeah. Yeah. He he knew what was really valuable. He had respect, the Bible says, to the payment of the reward. He would rather suffer affliction. He'd rather take a difficult path than and have true value than have something temporary and shallow without meaning, without true eternal value. 
and have, listen now, the pleasures. A lot of people don't think that we believe that. Maybe a lot of bad preaching has made you feel like that, that we don't understand. That there is pleasure of sin. That's what the Bible said. We read it. Preacher that gets up and acts like temptation shouldn't be tempting. Well, there is pleasure in sin. But it says here for a season. It is a, a pleasure that when compared to what God offers is just a cheap thrill. Just a cheap substitute. Amen. When you feel like you've got to take the edge off with alcohol or drugs, praise God, you, you've got a cheap imitation to a peace that passes understanding. To have real peace, to still have your mind, to have something that is free and beautiful in the presence of God. Sin will lie to you. Sin will deceive you. The cheap, meaningless affairs of lust. The cheap, empty thrills of uh, of lust uh, online and on the internet. That robs you of a real experience of what God would give you with real people. Amen. It's cheap imitation. There's thrills in sin, but it's cheap thrills. There's a temporary buzz that comes with a payday. Amen. But God says, I come to give you life and that more abundantly. I've come to give you something eternal, something you won't regret. Something you won't have to apologize for later. God's got what you're looking for. God's got what you need. Amen. God will put something down inside of you that will take away your depression. That will take away your anxiety. That will take away all the hurt that people have caused you. He's got what you need. He binds up the brokenhearted. Amen. He puts a solitary in families. He, he puts health in your heart and in your mind and in who you are. Well, praise God. The devil does his best to try to, to lie to you. You know, a, a lot of what we've seen over the years, the value system of the world in television and movies, Hollywood now, amplified with with the internet and yeah. with social media and empty lives that yes. that God wants to fill you. Yes. See, that's the thing that I love about when you see the the church of the New Testament. You know, in the Old Testament and we're going to deal with this a little bit, you know, when you know sin was was uh was stood for and stood against and yes. throughout the New Testament as well. Yeah. But when Jesus comes He not only stands and says, you know, that sin is killing you. That sin is destroying you. It's not helped you. It's not your friend. It gives you that cheap thrill. But in the long run, you're still still empty inside. But God said, I'll fill you with my spirit. And when you're filled with him, you're fulfilled. There's some kind of satisfaction. Somebody asked me here recently that about uh, contradictions in the Bible and and they said, well, you know, there's all this about being satisfied. And then I hear it all saying about how you're just hungering and thirsting and wanting more. And, and you can't have it both ways. I said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can. Yes, yes. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I, I kind of likened it to a relationship. I said, you know what? Uh, uh, thank God for the wife God gave me. 
praise the Lord. I, uh, she's everything that I need as a wife goes, and I don't need to look anywhere else. But I, I tell you what, I'd like to have more and more time with her that I can get. With Jesus, you know what? I, he satisfies my, my need to look anywhere else. He's fulfilled me in a way that I know I, I found what I'm looking for. That he meets that need and he gives me what I've always desired. But hear me now. Praise God. Once you get to know him, you're going to want more and more and more. Not that you're not satisfied and fulfilled, but it's just so good. And God doesn't put the lid on it. He says, come on, get as much as you need. Amen. God's that good. When you truly taste, listen to me, when you truly taste of how good God's salvation is, sin seems like such a cheap, can I say this, immature, childish. Amen. You know, I, I was uh, always liked, uh, like music, like most people, I guess, some way. And uh, my music, you know, was, was what I, you know, what interested me. And when I found out about worshiping God. When I found out that music in the Bible was used to come into the presence of God and love God and feel Him, yeah. amen. Yeah. It almost seems childish to go back and, and, and listen to some of those things about how mad we are and how angry we are. How, you know, hear them talk about love after they've had who knows how many affairs and wives and, and realize that God has given me what, what is eternal. Yeah. Amen. When you've got real joy, real peace, the things that I spent entertaining myself, watching this and that, and seem so cheap to me now. I say, what are you doing? I remember, uh, you know, working, uh, I've worked a second job off and on most of my uh, ministry, but when, uh, when we first just uh, got married and, and grew up a little bit, maybe not in that order, I don't know, but, uh, you know, working jobs and... And people say, what, if you don't watch TV or go to these movies, what do you do? What do you do? <laughs> the whole world. What do you do? What, what else is there to do? Right. What is wrong? What do you do? I live my life. Yeah. Spend time with my family. Quality time. Yeah. Not just sitting there with my mouth hanging open. and, and ch- yeah, Amen. Yeah. Doing things rather than watching things. Who would have thought? Who would have thought the stuff that I'm seeing people do and say, wow, that's pretty neat. Yeah. I could actually go do it myself. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. This seems crazy to a lot. What, what do you do? Yeah. I live my life yeah. rather than watching other people live their lives. Yeah. Right. Whew, they ought to give them a reward, an award. They ought to give him, them a, a, a great award for, for acting like they're doing something while I'm watching them act like they're doing something. Why don't you go ahead and do something? See, that's the thing about Jesus. He'll give you a life. He'll give you a life that, 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 that is fulfilling and satisfying. Amen. It's not just cheap substitution. God is so good. When you turn away, turn away from that old life. Turn to God. Don't, don't try to fit God into your old life. Let him just transform it. Too many people say, okay, God, I want to move you into my place. Don't mess with anything. I got it just the way I like it. I want you to just bless me and make sure I get to... When you let God really be God, when you let him be Lord of your life, hallelujah, and say, God, you know me. You made me. 
be amazing? Some of the things that are broken in your house to be able to talk to the person that that initially created it, invented it, built it. I'll tell you not only how to fix it, but I'll tell you how to let it run at its maximum effectiveness. I'll show you what it was made to really do. You might find out some of those things that you're using. You're not getting half out of it what it could be. If you talk to the person that said, you know, that was my dream. That was what I built. And this is what it can do. You can know Jesus. You were created by him. Amen. Hallelujah. You were made by him. And so many of us don't even get to half of what he created us to be. He not only can fix you, he can say, this is what you can do when you get all the things, the problems out of the way. When you start living the way I created you to live, oh, what you can do so much more. We waste our time sometimes as Christians. I know a lot of people would like me to keep on pointing out there to sin and the sinners and how they're missing out. But I'm telling you, people in church settle for cheap thrills. People in church settle for just a small percentage of feeling satisfied when God has so much more. Amen. We're talking about prayer today and so many testimonies of answered prayer. And I don't want you to ever think that I'm saying a, a word against it. Well, that would be so foolish and silly. But I want to tell you something. As much as I value knowing to call folks and they can pray for me and take that seriously. Amen. amen. People that, that, that do care. People that will lift up your name before the Lord with their hearts. Amen. Yeah. That's valuable. Yeah. But it's just a cheap substitute if I don't know how to pray. I don't want to live on just other people's prayers. I want to be able to pray. I want to be able to walk with God and be able to bring down strength and help when I need it. Amen. I don't want to just just only have other people's prayers. You know, sometimes, oh, hallelujah. Now we got to look at ourselves. Thanks a lot, preacher. We got to look at ourselves and say, hey, I know who to call and I knew who to talk to. And I know I'm going to get on my phone and say, hey, let me tell you about all the problems I'm going through. Let me tell you all, all the bad. Hey, have you got on your knees? Right. Have you poured it out to Jesus? Yeah. Have you got a hold of God and, and really allowed him to, to, to right. touch you and help you? Maybe even work you over yeah. and say, here's what you could be doing. Right. Hallelujah. I don't want to be just a Christian that Jesus talked about. It's like the seed that was planted on the stony ground. Yeah, right. hey, they're doing great until the sun starts beating down a little bit heavier. Yeah. Until the problem starts to come a little bit tougher. I, I want to have some roots down in me. Yeah. I don't want to just shout when it's easy. Right. I don't want to just have a good time when everything's going my way. I want to have roots down and down deep into something that says, you know what? When it's tough, I can still praise God. When I feel the devil, I can still fight back and say, God, you're still good. Uh, it's just a cheap imitation to have a feel good kind of religion. You read your Bible. These people, these men, these women, they faced hard, hard times. They shouted in the prison cells. They prayed on a cross. They, they, they worshiped God when everything was taken from them. I want to have what they had. 
I don't want to have a feel-good religion. I don't want to have a feel-good experience that maybe if everything's just going away, there's going to be difficult days. And church, you got to understand something. It's not going to get easier. I'm not excited about that. But the help of God is going to be more than enough. If you can lean on God, he's going to be more than enough. I don't know if I made it clear the other night, but it came into my heart again about that scripture that people kind of sort of paraphrase poorly or maybe even misquote. You know, God won't give you any more than you can deal with. You're going to always deal with more than you can deal with. You're going to have to rely on God. See, God's going to be more than enough for whatever comes down your your pipe. Amen. Amen. Whatever you deal with, God's going to be more than enough. But in yourself, it's impossible. The idea that God won't give you more than enough, more than anything, more than you can bear is the understanding that God's grace and God's help is going to be sufficient when you're overwhelmed. Amen. It's. It's not very comforting when people are really going through pain. Come on. Right? I mean, yeah. let's be honest. It's almost insensitive. Mm. When somebody's lost, Come on. maybe family members are yeah. hurting in pain that you don't feel. And you say, well, God won't give you more than you can bear. Come on. Uh-uh. God's faithful to help you. That's right. God's faithful to be your strength. Yeah. God, we gotta learn, go run to Him, learn to lean on Him, learn to trust Him. Because I know I've preached to people already and said, well, you know, I'm doing alright. You'll face a battle. You'll face a battle you need more than what you've got. God's more than you need. God's got everything you need. And God is, is, is able to give you more than enough to fight your battle. I want something that, I, I, I don't want to just quote the scriptures, I want to live them. You know, we're in battles, we're in trials, we, we're fighting the enemy. And I want to do more than just, just quote a verse. I want to live that verse. I want to learn how to use those weapons. I want to learn how to use that sword of the Spirit. I want to learn how to, how to put the devil under my feet. I think it's a cheap substitute just talk about victory and not fight a battle and be an overcomer. When you realize, when you really start fighting the devil and you really kick him in the face and get him under your feet, you'll walk different. You'll you'll pray different. Amen. When you're quoting Bible verses and knowing how much victory God gave you, it's another thing altogether to have that victory. To have that promise. When the enemy comes in like a flood and starts beating at your door, that you can stand up and tell him where he's got to go. Amen. Get behind me, Satan. Amen. That's That's the reality of it. It's easy to talk about. It's another thing to be a soldier. It's easy to talk about it. It's easy to, but it's another thing altogether when you're fighting a devil. That's right. Yeah. And you, you better know how he fights you. All right. Amen. You better know how he tries to oppress your mind. Yes, sir. Be able to point that out. Yes. You better know how he tries to affect your, your, your attitude. Yeah. Amen. Affect your prayer life. Yes, sir. Right. You better know how he tries to intimidate you and make you doubt yourself. You better know how he tries to get you distracted on things that really aren't going to matter from count, putting the time into what you can do to conquer him. It's what he does. It's what he does. I think vastly what I see for churches by the, by the thousands 
are very distracted people. Shouting about how good we are and how good we feel and how better we are than so many other people. How right we are and how we know so much. Getting so little done. Amen. Still having the same battles in their families. Amen. And never overcoming that. Still having the same kind of battles in their hearts and their minds. Still holding the same addiction. Still holding the same depression. There's a way to overcome that. There's a way to fight that. I'm not saying these things won't attack you. But it's time to get active. And not just quoting Bible verses, but winning some battles. Amen. I want to do more than just feel good about how how good I feel. <laughs> I want to do more than just feel good about how how right I am about who God is. I want something that is going to show other people what I've got. You know the idea we we talk about the principle in first Corinthians 14 very often here because there's this idea of people that have gifts of the spirit. They're very gifted people. And everybody, if you're living for God, God's put gifts in you. Yes, he has. He's created you like that, that, uh, that inventor that we were talking about. He's got something in you. Amen. But those gifts that he put in you, if you would talk to the one that created you, your inventor, your healer, your divine repair man. Amen. He would tell you not only what your gifts are, but how to use them effectively to minister, to serve, to help. Amen. His work be accomplished. It's a, it's just a cheap thrill that people get. And it is, it really is. It must be. There's some value in it to some people to feel like they're right and be judgmental and have a religious attitude about things rather than getting in and say, how can I help? How can I bless? How can I serve? How can I strengthen? How can I help you get alongside of you and fight this battle with you? Amen. Amen. It's just a cheap thrill to feel like you're right about something. It's another thing altogether. See, this is the the lack of luxury. It comes from being a pastor. I feel the same things you feel. I see the same things you see, but I don't have the luxury to sit back and point. I got to get in there and do something about it. I got to get in there and fight a fight. I got to get in there and see if we can get to the root of the problem and try to pull down the strongholds of the enemy. Amen. Not just something that, that, that uh, makes me feel good, but something that the world can see victory in me. I want to have something that, you know, it's, it's something I've, I've testified about it to. It's neat to have somebody say, hey, you know, something different about you. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I, want, I want something deeper than that. I want something that's, that costs a little more than that. Okay. I think it was, it's what it was. You know, this message kind of started at the end of Wednesday night. I was, during the altar call, I was talking about Elijah and Elisha. And I know some of you were focused in on prayer, and I, I'm not saying that, how dare you? You should have been listening to me. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But I, it, it stirred in me something that I couldn't let go of, that Elijah was a, a man with an, a, an anointing on his life, and God was working in his life, and, and it inspired something in Elisha. Yeah. There were other people in their school of the prophets in their 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 group that elijah was trying to help and and mentor them and when elijah was getting ready to 
go up into heaven. God was going to pull, call him up in a whirlwind. A lot of the guys that were there said, hey, he's leaving. So they kind of went their way. And they would tell Elisha, why are you following him? He's getting ready to go. We know that. He goes, I know. Just hold your peace. He had something on his mind. And they went to different stops and different people that Elijah's ministry had touched and, and people that he had mentored. They were... They knew a lot more than a lot of other people. They were kind of a, a, an exclusive group that had some spiritual understanding. Right. And they were looking at Elisha and saying, what's your problem? Just let him, he's going, let him go. And he'd say, just hold your peace. And then after a while, Elijah looks at him and says, what do you want? And he said, I want what you have. I want a double portion of what yeah. you have. Yeah. None of those other people had that request. None of those other other prophets, none of those other spiritual ones had that request, but something inspired Elisha that said, I want this. I want something more. I don't want somebody just to see that I've got something different. I want them to see that I've got God's goodness in me and it to be appealing to them. I want somebody to see something that's better than what they have and can help them and meet their needs. I want to see something that inspires them. But you know what Elisha heard? Elijah told him, well, you've asked a hard thing. Because like Sister Katie sang, it is a price. It is a sacrifice. The song said, I'll pay the price. Such a small sacrifice. It's a small sacrifice if you understand what's truly valuable. To really dig in and say, I'm going to be more than just somebody who is different, but I'm going to have something more. Amen. I'm going to have something greater. I'm going to have a call on my life that, that inspires and that wins battles. Amen. Are you hearing me? There's th- this, this book of Acts that we read and, 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 and draw our, 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 our new birth experience from and draw our, our prayers and, and the examples that are going on in that book. It shows something there that you got to look at and say, God, I want this in my life. I want something. I don't. This idea of, of, of just cheap thrills. It's a cheap thrill to just say, well, I, I got mine. I, I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied. I felt good. I felt blessed. I don't know if I like that. I didn't feel blessed. I don't come to church worried about that much anymore. Usually by the time church is done, I'm just kind of like, oh, give me something to eat. I got to go take a nap. Because I want to do. I want to give. God, just ring it out of me. I'm not here to get. I'm here to give. I think being able to leave and say, whoo, I was just so blessed. What did God do? Oh, I just feel good. I feel, you know, I want to I wanna do more for God. I want to I take my time, my effort, my energy, my finance, whatever it takes, and be more than just, I got my blessing. What can I give? How can I help? How can I serve? And that's where life is. That's where the blessing is, according to Jesus. That's why Jesus, he gave it all. He showed us that he went right to the cross. But before he went, he said, you're going to to take up your cross and follow me. Jesus said, whatsoever for whosoever hath to him shall be given. And he shall have more in abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that he hath. You can have something. But if it's not everything God is desiring you to live and learn and grow and be and do, he said, I'll give it to somebody that that will. 
question's been asked to me so many times. Usually somebody that's hurting, somebody that's facing hard times and battles. And they start having questions in their mind. If I'm a child of God and I'm on my way to heaven, why not just take me to heaven when I get saved? Why not just a personal rapture, the the moment God fills me with his spirit? Why do I have to fight battles? Why do I have to be tempted, possibly be part of the great falling away? Why do I have to, to, to experience suffering as a Christian? Why not God save me and take me to heaven? Did you ever wonder that? See, Paul, Paul was going through, he was in prison. And Paul said, for me, to die is gain. In fact, he said, I've got a, you know, I'm kind of between a rock and a hard place here. I'm just ready to go home. I'm ready to, to, to not have shackles on me anymore. I'm ready to stop being beaten with whips and rods and rocks and everything it seems like they come up with within their poor excuse of a legal system. They want to beat me with it. I'm ready to go home. But he said, for you, it's far better that I stay. For you, it's far better. God's got a work for me to do to touch somebody else's life. And I know there's not a lot there's there's not a lot of people that actually want to get up and go to church. There's not a lot of people that really want to take that time to really really go through the motions and it's it is a a narrow way the Bible says few there be that find it but it's even a smaller crowd that says I don't want to just receive like a welfare line of heaven. I want to give. Yeah. I want to bless. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Paul that said, it's far better for me in my struggles and my battles to, to, to help somebody else be blessed and strengthened and helped. Yes. Amen. Amen. It goes, listen, this great salvation that God has given us goes way past. I love every single testimony. So much more than what God brought me out of. Yeah. Isn't that a great testimony, what God took you out of? It is. It's a blessing to know that God set you free. But so much greater. My life with Jesus, this great salvation, the Bible calls it, is so great that it's not identified with what I was, but what I am and what I'm growing into. That the fruit of the Spirit is so much greater than the sin that's been nailed to the cross. That the, the blessings of God, the joy unspeakable and full of glory, the peace that passes understanding, the, the love that passes knowledge, and a life that is abundant is so much greater than God just saying, uh, you know what, I, I, this is what I used to do, but now I don't do that anymore. This is what I used to be, but I'm not that anymore. To me, that sounds so incomplete. Because... It's not what I'm not, but what I am. It's not who I was, but who I am. And that's what Jesus will do. So often we settle for this this cheap thrill of, of just a piece of what God really can do through the blood that was shed on the cross. Through the power of it is finished. Through the power of the Holy Ghost infilling in your life to not only break chains that are in your life, but re-identify you as a part of his family. And it becomes now 
No longer the cheap thrill of my reputation and what people think of me. Paul said, you know what? What you judge me to be really doesn't matter. I don't even judge myself. (laughs) But what do people think about Jesus? What do people think about Christ in me? The hope of glory. I don't want people to think I'm strong or smart or wise or what I want people to know Jesus is is my life. Yes, sir. And I've got a life. I know what it's like to be dead in sin. I know what it's like to be empty. I know what it's like and you know it's you understand this. When when you've been there you can see it a mile away. Amen. I can see it in pulpits. I said I, I was that. I could see it in church pews. I can hear it by their by by the way they they talk this they don't they they don't have everything the creator offers them they just have a little tiny piece and they're satisfied with that that cheap thrill but god's got so much more brother said today about playing church i, I don't remember who said it but that was me amen and been around i've been to a lot of different churches a lot of different places some of you i know as well and and uh you just know praise god when when somebody's covering over a lot of hurt that hasn't been healed that bitterness that anger bleeds through you can throw jesus name on it but it's not that's not right amen you can you can act, you can you can dress up your judgmental attitude like you feel like you're you're you've got to control people, but that's not that's not Jesus ministry serving. Yeah. Not everybody's going to follow you. They're not always going to do it the way you want them to do it. But you just do what your part is and let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Not so worried anymore about reputation. That's just cheap thrill when people say, ah, oh, man, you know, some of you and and, and I, I'm not real comfortable with it, I, uh, you know, I, and, but I, I understand. I I think it's appropriate to a point that we love one another and let people know I don't mind standing up and saying how much I think you're awesome either. But the bottom line is it's it's not what we're here for, is it? It's not what feeds my my ego. It's what fills my soul with the glory of God, because to God be the glory. It's because of God. That any one of us can stand one another. And we're still flawed. We still stumble. We do still stumble. I still stumble. We still need that love and that mercy and that grace. But thank God. Thank God that we can just keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. When you, like Moses... Esteem the reproach of Christ, greater riches. When you recognize where real pleasure. The Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. And in his right hand are pleasures forevermore. What you're seeking, what you need, the value It's in Him. It's in the one who saw value in you. He saw you lost and unable to help yourself. I understand the 
sometimes the context when people say God helps them that helps themselves, but really when it comes down to our eternal salvation, God's helped us who were lost and could not do anything about it. Sometimes we settle for so much less. I've seen it. I've seen it over and over again throughout my life. Uh, people being satisfied with things that are just easy and cheap. Things that don't really cost a whole lot, really, as far as dedication, surrender. But, oh, I thank God. If you're going to have authenticity, if you're going to have an experience that screams out, this is more than just a good religious person, but there's something here that's more than that. It's going to take a a life of dedication. It's going to take a life of surrender. It's going to take an overcoming of our own will and saying, God, you be God in my life. But it will be the best decision of your life to say, God, I want to follow you with all my heart to be satisfied to be fulfilled as a child of God well let's find a place to pray let's take some time and talk to him God I surrender all Trial and against every test. Like you. 
years ago. Just woke up thinking about somebody that I had met. I worked a few months at Harley Davidson and their surge, and they brought temps in, and I was in that place and met a man, and he worked next to me for a while, and then introduced himself to me, knowing that I was a child of God. He could see some things. I, I don't remember exactly what he just pointed to, but he, he made himself known to me. He said, I, I, I want you to know, I I forget what he said at first. He might have said, I, I'm, I'm a Christian or I'm religious, but he stopped himself and he said, wait, I want you to know I love Jesus. Very sincere, very humble. And it touched me the way he just presented that to me in a way. I I want my life to say that. I want my actions to say that. I want people to see that in me more than who I am or what I was. But I want them to see an authenticity. And I know that's what God wants. That's what he paid for. And it comes along with power to be a help, to be a minister, to be a servant, to help others see that He is reaching for them. Let that be your focus. When you see a problem, when you see a need, when you see a battle, how can I strengthen and pray and work to see God's kingdom? Oh, hallelujah. That's why Jesus said pray for laborers. He didn't just say pray that people come to church. He said pray that laborers would come. People that know how to get busy building the kingdom of God. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your presence. Thank you for your help today. Thank you for, Lord, the the touch of healing that we have experienced. The testimonies of your your goodness, God, your faithfulness. Lord, thank you for everything you're doing in us. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Father, just be with us as we leave this house, but we're not leaving your presence, God. Guide us and talk to us, Lord. Challenge us day by day to to lay down this world and follow you. We worship you, God. Have your way, God, I pray, in the remainder of all that's done this day, the service tonight. God, just keep us safe as we travel. We love you, God. Thank you for what you're doing. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church.